All right. Well, welcome, JP, to the Whoa, That's Good podcast. I say JP, that's kind of your nickname, but you go by, I guess you go by JP, but your real name is Jonathan Pakluda. But you crushed it. But I call you Wait JP. A minute, you're not Sadie. I thought I thought this was the, the Sadie, Sadie Robertson podcast. She, she she is on maternity leave, so I'm her. I was her next go to. So so here I am filling in. I love that man. I'm so excited to be with you, Christian. Man, thank you for thank you for having me. Of course, love love what God is doing through y'all's lives. If you weren't informed that it was going to be, I deeply apologize if you were disappointed. Um, but I'm I'm <laughs> no, I'm so glad to never. be here with you today and talk about your latest book, Outdated. Yeah, man. Well, it's great to be with you. I'm, I'm, hey, congratulations. I am so, so excited for the two of you and just all that God is doing through your life. So it's it's an honor to be with you this morning. Well, thank you so or much. Today, thank I should you. say. And if you don't know JP, JP used to be the leader of the porch in Dallas, Texas. He is now the pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco. And a few years ago, you wrote a book called Welcome to Adulting. And now you have the new book out called Outdated, helping people to navigate through relationships in, in, in whatever season they're in. So it's a great book. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed be, reading it. That's just been a big heart is to to help young adults. I feel like I when I was in my early 20s, really bumped my head against a lot of ceilings and walls and made some poor decisions that you know I would really pay for the rest of my life in a lot of ways but i think the lord takes our mess and makes it our message Mm -hmm. and in my case even our ministry and so it's been fun to watch him redeem those stories through ministering to young adults and and saying that's the heart behind that book welcome to adulting and now without dated i just see one of the biggest challenges in our land is is people trying to find love and trying to uh you know desire marriage having a desire for marriage but feeling like they don't have prospects and so i was like man i think i can help because so much of ministry is pattern recognition and i've seen people find life so i'm like man i, I want to be helpful the the goal was never to write books or sell books but always to be helpful and to be a good pastor to people yeah that's awesome and it's so cool because i actually met you about year and a half ago now maybe that's yeah, right we were doing an, yeah. an ella event it was supposed to be at another place in waco but that venue something happened and you were so gracious enough to open up your church and let us do it there and that and that was such a um such an awesome night and it's been so cool to keep in contact with you since then and just reach out if yeah. i ever have any questions on anything through life so you've been such a uh, such a great mentor through that so i thank yeah. you so with sadie well, kind with sadie being on maternity leave I feel like it's only fitting that I keep up the repertoire of asking you, so what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Best piece of advice that I've ever been given? It's a big question. Well, yeah, and there's so, I I, I get hit by all these one-liners like I would hear from my dad growing up, but I think it's, it's advice that I was actually received in the past 15 years, and it's there's a lot of ways to say this. I'll say it a number of ways. One is just pay attention to what you pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Another good. way of saying it is the, realize that thoughts take you places. Um, and another way I've said it is, you know, don't in, don't follow your heart before you inform your heart. And it's all of this same idea that what we're thinking about has uh implication it has consequences like ideas have consequences and Mm -hmm. so be careful what you give your mind to because we are all much more programmable than anybody wants to believe 
And the Lord made us that way, like God made us that way. And that's why he wants us to meditate on his word day and night. And mm -hmm. that's why secular psychology, science today is telling us to practice mindfulness and meditation because what we feed our hearts through our thinking mm -hmm. really does impact the kind of person that we are. So that's it. You know, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned meditation and I think even like the secular world is trying to trying to find that and they find that through that and which is and we find that through prayer um so that's so cool so i mentioned that i've known you for about a year and a half now and um, one of my favorite things that you do is your friday q a's i'm a big fan of those i anticipate them weekly me sadie Corey, john lake will all sit down usually actually on fridays we'll talk about some of the things you talked about but how did you begin that and and how have you stayed so consistent through doing it what uh like kind of what inspired you to, to be so consistent with that yes so two and a half years ago, I moved from a church in Dallas, Watermark, uh, where I led the porch, as you said, and I, we moved, our family moved. We felt called to the city of Waco, which is about two hours south of Dallas in Texas. And so we moved to Waco and I started pastoring a church here, Harris Creek, and the rhythms of the staff is they were completely off on Fridays. And so the church was closed on Fridays and that was a new rhythm for me. And so I, I wasn't used to being off on Friday. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wake up on Friday, the kids are at school. I'm like, what do I do? And I've, I, you know, C.S. Lewis says, so uh, great is something's potential for evil, equally great is its potential for good, or so great is something's potential for good, equally great is its potential for evil. And I believe this is true of social media, like social media has the potential to be really negative in our lives if we get stuck in the comparison game. Mm -hmm. But there's also so much potential for good in advancing the gospel and building the kingdom there. And so I started taking questions on Friday. So via Instagram, just through the little question app on the stories, it said, hey, Friday Q&A, and we put a theme song to it, and we had fun with it. And then I realized, like, this is one of the ways that, that God has just kind of gifted my mind is to be able to answer questions quickly. Now, I realize that anything that somebody asks me, there's a lot of nuances to that. And I tend to be short, and sometimes that can be a little bit off-putting. My <laughs> heart is not to frustrate somebody yeah. or, you know, to, to cause anybody's pain in someone's life. It's just like, if the Bible speaks to this, then I can answer in short form and just say, you know, yes, no, you know, you should do this. This is what the scripture says. Yeah. And I'm a simple guy, man. I just, I believe the Bible is our authority, our conscience and our God guide. I believe it's God's uh, word, God breathed, inspired, suitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so where the scripture speaks to something, I just say, hey, this is what God's word says. And, and people listen. Yeah. So it's fun. So I get about so 2,000 questions every Friday, and I answer as many as I can. That is amazing. Are most of those, are, are most of those questions relationship questions? Or are they, I, I, most of them, they I bet you most of them are, yeah. I mean, they're all across the board. Like you, you know, some of them are so very specific to the person. Hey, my, my boyfriend broke up with me last night and this happened or, you know, we're, we're struggling in this specific way, or some of them are theological. Some of them are about, you know, how do you interpret this verse? But I bet you, if you were to put them in categories, most of them would be relationship driven. Now that's not to say that 50% of them are, but if you were to put them in categories, I bet the biggest category would be relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's so cool. So in, in your book, Outdated, I think it's so cool how you start every chapter by stating a truth and a lie that people believe about, about a certain topic on relationships. Um, so with that, so what do you think, what do you think the biggest lie that, that people who are single, they believe about dating? 
Yeah, I think that it's, I'm going to say what I think is the biggest lie and then, and I don't know that it's the biggest, but there's probably six or seven lies they believe that are tied for first place. Um, But one is just like we date for fun. Mm -hmm. And that's to say they go into dating without any purpose or intentionality around it. And the truth is when you date that way, it's not very fun. I mean, you experience a lot of fun, but it also leaves you with a broken heart. And um, sometimes you're crying yourself to sleep. You look in the rearview mirror and you realize there's just all of these cars piled up on the side of the road by way of relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you've been driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. And that that to me is a picture of how we date rather than go into dating. is like, okay, I desire marriage. And that's if you desire marriage, because if you don't, the, the scripture says in first Corinthians seven and Matthew 19, that singleness is a really high calling and that it's not uh, a lesser than or second rate that, that, you, you know, Jesus was single. The apostle Paul was single. Timothy was single. And so we can be single for the sake of the kingdom. But if you desire marriage, then dating is the pathway to that promise. And so what does it look like to go into dating knowing what you're looking for so that you can know when you found it mm-hmm. and date with intentionality, like having the specific questions that you have about a potential spouse and then thinking through what are the environments that I want to put us in so that I can find out if they're a good spouse or not. So like if I want to know, is he going to be a great, uh, great father to my children? If I'm a girl and I want to know, is he going to be a great father to my children? Then I want to, I want to see him around kids. Like I'm not going to find that out at my favorite restaurant where we're ordering my favorite appetizer. You know, I'm going to find that out in, in watching him serve in the kids ministry or trying to, you know, or, or babysitting, Mm -hmm. you know, my niece or nephew, or, or just trying to think through those intentional things so that I can quickly and effectively identify if he is someone who would be a suitable husband for me. And so those, that's, that's something that I think people just miss out the gate. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. I mean, I completely agree. I think I think that we live in a culture where, you know, it's almost like, like kind of like what you said in the book. It's like in your book, it's cool to treat dating like it's a game. You know, you have the, you know, those sayings that he's got game, she's got game. And it's like, that's actually not, not a good thing. Um, so I think that's so good. And, and, and I love how, how much you talk about being equally yoked in your book. Um, and I know that you had mentioned um, a few disqualifiers that you think people should take seriously um, for that person before they should date. So can you, can you speak to that for a little bit on just some, some disqualifiers that you think that people should take seriously? Yeah, I think one of them, the, the biggest one is, you know, that they would be a Christian and not just like, (laughs) like your name, uh, that not just like a check the box Christian, not like, Hey, I'm a Christian in name. I was, you know, born in America. I went to church growing up, but I mean, radically pursuing Jesus. And so second Corinthians 6, 14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers uh, for, for what does light have in common with darkness? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of those Friday Q and A's that causes problems because, you know, a a girl will say, Hey, I really, I would love Jesus. I'm a strong Christian. and I'm dating someone who's not a, a, a believer, what should I do? And I'll be like, break up. And people were like, oh my gosh, you're so you're so harsh and that's not loving. And I'm like, no, that's just what the, what the Bible says. But that's not to say that they can't become a Christian. Yeah. That's not to say that God can't save them, that he can't do a work. And so like, if you play that forward and you're like, well, he becomes a Christian, we got married, we had children, and he's now an elder at the church or a pastor and a missionary. And, you know, I'm so glad I didn't listen to you. And I, I would just say, man, that's amazing. That's my story. Like that redemptive work, that's what God did in my life. And you should have listened to me because it wasn't me. It's the word of God. Yeah. And yes, God can take our mess and, and make something good of it. But anytime that we can listen to him, that's better. And so I think we, I think we're pragmatic in the way that we date is we, we consider the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like if I do this, what's the outcome I'm going to get? Like if I, if I wait, you know, three days to text her back, then that's going to help my chances with her. So I want to play hard yeah. to get. <clears throat> yeah. It's manipulation. That's, it's manipulation. Yeah. That's manipulation. So don't think, okay, what's going to work? Think what is godly mm-hmm. and God honoring and, and what is an act of worship to my creator in the way that I care for this person. And we want to date in a way that leaves them better than we found them. So that's what I always tell my staff when we go to a place, like if we stay at someone's you know, lake house for a retreat or something, I say, hey, guys, somebody lent us this place. Mm-hmm. And so we want to leave it better than we found it. And could you imagine that if any person we dated and, and it didn't go toward marriage, so we ended up breaking up that they actually were grateful that they dated us because we helped them become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus, a better person. And so I think one of the the biggest deal breakers is, are they 
running hard after Jesus. And it, honestly, Christian, if you get that right, like if that piece is there, it will cover over a multitude of problems. Mm-hmm. Like I think about my, me and Monica, Monica and I, we were a train wreck. Like we dated year one. It was, it was the honeymoon. Oh, I love, I, I, thought, I thought, I thought the engagement ring story was the funniest thing I've, I've heard. When you went to <laughs> New I, York, I got it. that was so funny. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. I got my engagement ring or Monica's engagement ring on eBay, um, which is just a really long, legendary, hilarious story. But we, so the, the year one is the honeymoon year two, the wheels fall off. Like, I mean, pornography is a huge part of my journey. And, um, and I had no idea. And just like dating since a lot of girls since the fifth grade, I had no idea how to be committed to this woman. And I needed a lot of help. I needed people to come into my life and speak truth to me and, and help me understand how to cherish her and to make her feel loved. And, and when the feeling faded at times, which it will for everybody, like how that commitment kicks in that Mm -hmm. I can honor those vows. You think about what we say in marriage, we say, you know, in sickness and in health in, you know, for richer or poorer until death do us part, as long as we both shall live. Like those are things that many people have stood up at the altar with somebody as they made those promises and we don't help them honor those vows. And I want to be, when I do a wedding, I want to be, have a vested interest in making sure that I help that couple honor those vows. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, that's a huge part of relationships is what does it look like to learn how to commit to somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, for forever. Yeah. (laughs) Or as long as we both shall live. Yeah. And that's, what's so cool too. Cause you, you really do teach and walk through like every like you talk to the people to the people who are single and what to look for. You talk to those who are dating and if they want to break up, how to break up, when to break up, like what like how like like like, like the proper way to do that and still honor them and then engagement yeah. and the way to, to to value that season. So I think it's really cool. Um, like like yeah. kind of like you said, like how you truly, like you really took the time to to speak into every. Um, into every season of 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 where these people are at i think i think that was um so cool i heard someone say one time that the bait you catch them with is the bait you'll keep them with and it kind of just goes right. it goes to that line of like if i'm gonna put up a, fa- if, a facade and i'm gonna try to convince them to like me if they do end up liking me how long can i keep that up and and, and, and in that book you talk about that and you said that'd be a, that'd be a miserable life if you lived <laughs> to be old and it was Which just all like- I mean, the Bible says, you know, Proverbs 31, 30 says beauty is fleeting. It says charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. And so like, yes, I mean, every, every guy wants to be with a beautiful girl, but where my heart breaks is I see all of these, I see so many beautiful young women who love Jesus, who feel forgotten because guys are asking out the five, the same five, six, seven girls, you know, out there. And that's why I just would encourage any brothers that might hear this is, is to look at the ladies around you that you're serving with and give them a chance, like take them to coffee and get to know their hearts and their love for God and ask yourself, would they make a suitable wife? Like, would they be a great wife? But you're a hundred percent right. I want to say to the ladies, do not lower your standards, lengthen your patience. Do not lower your standards, lengthen your patience, because I know that there are, uh, you're, you're watching the guys out there make some dumb decisions and, and just, 
you know, wait for the Lord. Like he loves you. He's not forgotten you. He says in Isaiah 40, like, Hey, why do you say you've forgotten me? He hasn't. He's going to renew your strength. He's going to lift you up like on wings, like eagles. He's going to allow you to run and not grow weary. And it doesn't mean just to wait, you know, for him to drop a guy through your ceiling. It means to, as Jesus says in Matthew 19, begin to build the kingdom. Ask yourself, what can I do today in this season of singleness that I wouldn't be able to do if I was married, if I wouldn't be able to do, I wouldn't be able to do if I had children. Like Christian, your, your life is, is changing. Like as you bring Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. life into this world. Your interest in ministry are going to shift and pivot, and they should, rightfully so, because you're going to be able, you're going to start to focus, how do I make a disciple out of this little girl? Like, how do I raise her up to know Jesus and, and to care for her? And, and there's going to be things that you have to say no to in mm-hmm. her best interest. And so there's single young ladies listening right now that you can say yes to things that, that Sadie and Christian can't say yes to today because of the way that God is changing there. I mean, even think about this, that you're here, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Sadie, Sadie's not on the interview because of, of, of the way that her focus and discipleship is changing. Yeah. And so I think it's very important that we don't see the season that we're in as something that we need to resent or regret, Mm -hmm. but to ask God, how do you want to use this so that I might advance the gospel and further the kingdom? Um, Yeah, something else I love and and kind of piggybacking off off what you just said, but you really call up, you know, young men and young women, and you talk to the young men about, you know, if, 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 if you want to be in a relationship and if you think you're ready, to pursue that, to pursue something like that towards marriage, find the godliest woman you know and just go ask her on a date. And you talk to the girls about find the godliest man you know and try to just show that you're interested. I think I think that's something that a lot of people, um, you know, don't do because we have such a culture that's just elevated attraction. And, and if the godless mm-hmm. woman you know isn't attractive, then, you know, then, then that's not going to work out. So can you kind of speak... Yeah. Speak, speak to them a little bit about how, you know, you, you do have that heart for young men and women to, to truly yeah. pursue those who are following Christ. Yeah, let's not blow past that. So uh, you, you asked me what the biggest lie is, and I always, <laughs> it's always changing in my head. And I think about the chapters about data, because really I cover a lie oh, it's, every it's, chapter. It's, it's crazy. But, like you cover every single <laughs> well, thanks for it. saying it's, that. It's crazy. But I just think like that feelings are ultimate. You know, attraction is ultimate is probably the biggest lie in our culture. And and it's it's why we're seeing the some of the highest divorce rates of any generation that has ever lived in addition to the no fault divorce. But we just we've we've followed our feelings into relationships and when those feelings fade, we follow them out of relationships. And so we have to figure find something else to carry us forward. But um yeah, so I've been saying for 12 years, guys, listen, lean in. Find the godliest girl you know and ask her on a date. No, I'm talking about the girl that you would say, man, you're going to make a great wife or someone. I, I wish my best friend would date you, you know? Yeah. And and it's like, hey, girls will say to a guy, I need to, I, I need, you know, I want to find someone like you. Well, he's like him, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he is like him. You, you should, you don't need to find someone like him. You don't need a replica. Like you got the real thing right in front of you. Right. And, and really so what good. you're saying, it's, it seems like encouragement, but it's really incredibly insulting. Cause you're going to say, cause you're actually saying, 
I wish I could find someone like you. But that, not you. <laughs> uh, but uh, that I'm attracted to. Like, it's really an insult. Oh, like, shallow, covered yeah. in. Yeah. And so, if you give each other a chance, like I'm telling you, most of you are not attracted to someone who's 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not who you find attractive. But by the grace of God, I, I pray and I hope your spouse is 80 years old. And you think, well, that's different because I'll be married to them. No, you're right. It's different because you'll be committed to them. But it's not different in that they're still going to be wrinkled and, and their hair is still going to fall out and turn gray and teeth are going to turn gray <laughs> and fall out. Right. Yeah. And, and and but my prayer is that you would remain married to them because you've chosen them. And here's the truth that people aren't going to tell you, ladies, is marriage is much more practical, even pragmatic than anyone wants to believe. You're really just looking for a partner in ministry, someone to lock arms with to say, okay, we're going to keep going at this to push back darkness, to bring in light, to, to advance the gospel and build the kingdom. Who do I want to do that with? And really, it's not even who do I want to, it's who would be a great partner in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's so important. You have to consider the exercise, you know, that you're going to be doing together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, something cool that, that from the start to the finish you, you give, and it's, and it, I always think books like that are so cool. How you, you have statistics on pretty much every different thing that you talk about. It's, it's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just how, how much information that, that, that you pulled from these different outlets to, to, to figure all these things out. And one of, the, one of the things I thought was cool was the statistics that you talked about where people can be more fixated on the wedding than their marriage. And I think I, yeah. I, I, I thought that was a really interesting statistic that, 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 um, that you shared where people, you know, if they want a big wedding and if they don't want that many people there, how, you know, the more money they spend on their wedding, the the more likely they are to actually be a truly unhappy. So it's really yeah. it's, so. How do you for for there's for, a trend for there. people? Yeah, yeah. There's a trend there, and we don't know what actually you know causes that trend. Sometimes there's some weird correlations that happen when you're looking at statistics. But I would just say today in the 21st century, because that's really what this book outdated is dealing with is the problems of dating in the 21st century. And I do think it's one of the most difficult times to date ever, which I know is naive because I haven't lived in all the other centuries, but I have done a little bit of research and I've drawn the conclusion personally that I believe the 21st century is the most challenging time to date. And today we look at marriage as the capstone. And so it's almost like I need to get all my life in order. I need to pay off my debt. I need to, to, to be settled down and established and have a house and a German shepherd and, and a picket fence. Yeah. And then I'll get married. I'll add marriage to the top of that. So if I build the cake, marriage is the cherry on top. And, and throughout history, marriage has been viewed very different than that. Marriage was the cornerstone. It's like, man, life is really hard. I need to have a partner to go through life with me so that we can do this together. And so if you're looking at marriage as the capstone, you see it as a, as a novelty, you see it as, okay, you know, an accessory to my life. So who do I want beside me? What do they look like? What is their style? What kind of, you know, what kind of shoes do they wear? What kind of vehicle do they drive? What kind of job do they have? Is he a doctor? Is he an attorney? You know, what is he like? What are his interests? Does he like to to rock climb or the UFC or MMA? Like what's he into? 
but if you think of marriage as a cornerstone, meaning a foundation, something that I build my life on top of, right? Now we know Jesus is the ultimate cornerstone, but, but using in this metaphor, like something you build your life on, and then you think at it, about it very differently. It's like, okay, who can care for me well? Who can help me provide? Who can help me pay bills? Who's going to be really good at partnering with me in raising children? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm arguing from the scriptures, this is a better way to think about relationships. Do not think about them like a novelty that you're adding to your life, like an accessory. Think about them as as this as, as you partnering up in life, that's hard. Because Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. He, mm-hmm. he says, when they hate you, what the, the scripture says about life is that it's hard. And, and I'm, man, praise God. Can I tell you what's hard? Ministry's hard. Like yeah. sometimes I come home and I'm just like, <laughs> man, I got my teeth kicked in today. And praise God, I married a cheerleader. You know, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean by that? A cheerleader is like, ooh, I think I found my, or, I don't know the tone, but. That, yeah, you, there you, you go. You were on it. You were on it. You sure? Yeah, no, I, pro- I, I you, think you, I you, found myself a cheerleader. No, that's, yeah, you, anyways, you're definitely you, on it. That, that's definitely going to be the highlight of this podcast. But, For sure. uh, but you did too. You did too. Like, right? The thing that marks Sadie is her joy. And I know, and she's been yeah. very honest. Like, hey, guys, listen, that joy is not always there. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, the source of it comes from the Lord. And that's why I'm able to have joy in all circumstances. And that's. You know, Monica is that way that when I come home and I got my teeth kicked in, she's saying things like, hey, babe, you can do this mm-hmm. and God is good and he is for you and he is with you. And if he is with you, who can be against you? And I just want to remind you of these truths that, that he has called you to this and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And she starts preaching to my that's heart awesome. and filling me with this hope so that I can keep going. Right. And that's what you want in a spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're a girl looking for a husband or or you're a guy looking for a wife you want to find someone that's going to help push you forward and i know there's friends listening right now and your countenance is rather negative and listen 2020 was difficult and 2021 is proving to be difficult in a lot of ways too but the crazy thing about us believing that we are going to live forever because of what god has done for us through jesus is that that what we have that no one can take from us is hope we have hope yeah and so you want to hold fast to that hope and you want to find someone who holds fast to that hope because to marry someone or even date somebody that's really negative brother Mm -hmm. it's it's a challenge those people end up in my office and i'm trying to talk them off a ledge because that's hard it's really challenging yeah yeah that's it yeah well that's and that's even in general that's let alone dating just being no, around people who are just who are just negative yeah in life it's just, it, it it's a downer it de- it brings it always brings the energy down it brings the mood down so for sure try not <laughs> for for our people listening be be uh positive people be positive people the glass be positive like people. in in christianity the glass is always half full yeah because because you think about think about this the what's the worst event that has ever happened in the history of history. Like I wonder what people would say it was the worst event that anything that is so much worse than anything that's ever happened. And I just think about what we have the audacity to call Good Friday. Mm-hmm. That's a dead God on a cross. 
That's yeah. a really dark day. And if God can take from the worst moment in the history of history and make it our greatest good, salvation for those who believe that that we have eternal life through that that we can have a relationship with him that the veil is torn and now we can talk to god and if that if the worst event can become our greatest good then he can make good from anything and and that's why we have hope and so you want to find somebody with that hope so yes be optimistic people yeah that's so good well jp can you speak to um because i know just from even from reading the book, but even know you, knowing you personally, just your testimony and your story, and I think that I can relate to you on on a lot of things that you know that you've walked through. So, um, for me and you both having a past and things that we've walked through before marriage, um, what are what are some ways that, that that you like to encourage people who, you know, think that they've gone too far or, or that they've messed up too many times, and and maybe that um, you know they have that fear of if anyone will ever love them or give them a chance or um, or, 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 or want to be with them. There's a, there's a, I was going to say there's a story in the Bible. I want to like spoiler alert. If in case you're listening and you don't know the word very well, um, I didn't either. Okay. So, you know, in, in my early twenties, like I didn't know the Bible. I remember I was on staff at a church and someone wrote who, who, somebody asked the question. So I'm, I'm a pastor now. Okay. <laughs> and somebody asked the question who wrote, this is really embarrassing. Who wrote first and second Timothy? And I, and you know, in, in my pride and arrogance and foolishness, I said, Timothy, duh, you know, and, and it's Paul to Timothy is the right answer. And, and it's just like, I didn't know anything about God's word, but what you need to know about God's word is it's, it's all Genesis to revelation. It's 66 books about redemption. And it says some crazy things in there. So I want you to listen. If you feel forgotten or you feel like you've crossed the, you've gone too far, you you feel like God stopped loving you on prom night, or, or maybe it was something that was done to you. Like maybe it wasn't even something you did. It was something that was done to you when you were seven years old. And somebody needs to hear this. Like the Bible is a big story of redemption, and these are the the promises in there. It says that God delights to show you mercy. Now, what it means, that word delight, is it's what he enjoys doing. So Mm -hmm. like maybe you're like, oh, oh, what I enjoy doing is I enjoy shopping, or I enjoy animals, or I enjoy walks on the beach, or I enjoy walks in the forest, or nature. What God enjoys doing, like what he does for fun, it shows you mercy. That's what he does for fun. It says in his word that he's no longer counting your sins against you. That when you've trusted in Jesus, like what Jesus did, he's a savior. And what saviors are really good at doing is saving people. But the only person that that he can save is the person who needs saving. It's kind of like a lifeguard. The only person that a lifeguard can save is the one who's drowning. And so if anybody Mm, feels like they're drowning in their sin, like Jesus the Savior is moving towards you. And it Mm -hmm. says in the scripture that he's covered your sin so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees his payment, right? Mm -hmm. And that that he's paid for your sins on the cross, that every sin is going to be paid for either in hell or on the cross. And the person that gets to live forever with God in his presence is the one who acknowledges his payment on the cross, that he's paid for our sins, that we can be with him forever. And so he enjoys showing you mercy. He's paid for your sins. 
But really what he does, and I said this from the get-go, is he takes your mess and he makes it your message that if you would just talk about it, because I, t- I meet with girls that think, oh, I could never say that. I could never say out loud the word abortion. I could never say out, word, out loud the word pornography. I could never say out loud, you know, sex outside of marriage. But when you start telling your story and about how God has renewed you and redeemed you and, and forgiven you, then he gives power to that story and he mm-hmm. uses it for your good. And this is, this is really, I mean, there's a, there's a story in the Bible in Hosea where God actually calls a man to marry a prostitute. And the reason that that yeah. story is in there and this prostitute is, it does, does crazy things, you know, it, it actually pays other people to sleep with them. And the reason why that story's in there is because it shows God's relentless love for you, that he's mm-hmm. chasing after you, that he desires a relationship with you. And he's like, what do you want me to do to show you how much I love you? You want me to allow my only son to die for you? Now, Christian, you're, you're you know, a, a new father. You, we can't imagine how much you'd have to love someone to say, I will let my own child die for you. And this is what God does for us through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so there's somebody that needs to hear this right now listening. God's crazy about you. Not some future version of you. Not when you clean yourself up. Not when you get right. Not when you stop sleeping around. Not when you stop cutting yourself. Not when you stop throwing up your food. Not when you stop starving yourself. Right now, God is crazy about you. He loves you so much. Mm-hmm. And it's time that you turn from those things and turn to him and say, God, help me. Like, let me bring mm-hmm. this to the light. Start to talk about it and help me. And he will. He will help you and restore mm-hmm. you because that's what he's great at. He's great at doing that. Yeah. And that, well, and, and, and that's what's so beautiful. That's where, you know, First John 1 talks about if, if, if we confess our sins, you know, then he is faithful. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful, and I think that ties in with repentance. Repentance just means to change and to turn. Um, so even just calling out, you know, those people who, you know, if you have been doing those things and if you have been living that way, and if you repent, if, 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 if you change from that, if you turn, if you start pursuing God instead of pursuing all these things that the world has to offer, then you're going to see, you know, you're going to see the fruit of that. And, and, and if you start living that way and then you confess these things, like what you talked about, when you mess up, then you're going to see, you're going to see that forgiveness and that grace, and you're going to start to walk in that and believe it for yourself. We have, right? You and I both have. Like I, I heard yeah. your testimony, and that, and that's what the hope that I would give is, is man, I I really messed up. I mean, I went through True Love Waits when I was, which was a you know a deal where you like get a ring and promise to not have sex till you're married, and then I had sex, and then it was just like, oh well, I'm I'm ruined, so I might as well just dive in the deep end on this, and um and then it, and then drugs right and and alcoholism and the party scene and then i moved to dallas and i was kind of everything wrong with dallas and a person and i i was materialistic i had the jaguar the penthouse condo you know different watch for every day of the week and i just i tried to make my home here because i had no hope for eternal life and then i was at a club 18 years ago and someone invited me to a church and i sat in the back row hung over christian and I, gave, I, I heard the message of the gospel, which I had heard before, but I realized that Jesus on the cross, that that was for me, that was a payment, that he paid for my sins. And I gave my life to him. I trusted in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of my sins. And everything began to change. The way I talked changed, the way I dressed changed, who I, had, who I hung out with changed, where I went, what the things that where I went and for fun changed, what, and ultimately what I did for a living changed, everything changed. 
and and so that the person who's looking for hope i just would share my story with you and say there is hope for you and it's time you know as, as christian said repentance to turn from our sin and to turn toward a holy god and say god I'm, i am not worthy to be in your presence but you've made me worthy through the death and the resurrection of your son jesus you did that for me i can't i'm not enough ephesians 2 8 9 4 it is by grace i have been saved through faith and this is not of myself it's the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast lord i trust you and so now I am your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which you've prepared in advance for me to do and so I want to do those I want to live for you God and he'll let you yeah that's amazing that's awesome well JP as I said I love following you on social media and I love um, you know all the Friday Q&A's you do but I also love just seeing um, you being a husband and a father um, to your children. It's, it's been super cool and inspiring. So my last question is, what dad advice do you have for me? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, here it is, Christian. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And there's going to be so many things that compete for your time. And and so it's it's probably unrealistic for someone to think, well, you're just going to, you know, just be at home all the time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and so as often as you can take them with you. And I just, yeah. I have found that, I mean, a lot of times when I do a speaking engagement, I just say, Hey, can I, it is written in there is like, Hey, can, can this include two plane tickets? Like you, you can pay me less or not pay me at all, but can I bring a kid with me? And, um, and, and can you, and when I speak, can someone tend to them and make sure that they're cared for and have a place to be? And, and just those those nights in the hotel or wherever whatever I'm doing, just being together, I think is a lot of as the proverb says, show a child in the way they should go, so that as they grow old, they would not depart from it. And in Deuteronomy six, it talks about walking with them along the path and path and sitting with them at home, and just being mm-hmm. together. And so, as much time as you can spend with your family, that would be my encouragement. And I just I want to say this uh, to you, and you know, obviously, I know your family less than I know the Robertsons. You know, Corey and Willie and Sadie and and their siblings. I am so I get emotional, man. I'm so thankful for the platform that God has given that family so that others can look on and see the way Mm -hmm. that they are spending time together. And so I am grateful to you guys. I'm grateful for your example to continue that with Sadie. And as you, as your family grows, Lord, I I mean, a Christian, not Lord, you, I'm so thankful um, just for that example. And I pray that many would watch on and learn from it and that we would just go all in with our faith and, and not try to make the, the, the vision of like, well, how do I be in the world and be a Christian? Just be a Christian wherever you are and God will sort it out. He'll work it out. Yeah, man. That's good. Man, that's so good. Well, JP, thank you so much for joining me, the second, the second in command on the Whoa, That's Good (laughs) podcast today. Um, But for those listening, I really cannot encourage you to get outdated more. Um, Even for me, myself reading it, like there there are things you talked about, even in marriage that that I'm going to take from it and help me. But I really think that this book is going to help so many people navigate their relationships in whatever season they're in. So go get it today. JP, you're the man. Thank you so much. This was awesome. God is, God is awesome, brother. And it's been great to be with you. Thank you, friend.